When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Please check out our website. You'll be grateful that you did because our content, unlike others in the market, is totally free. And we've got three people. I'm trying to get to Chicago right now. Uh, Alex Toledo just saw snow for the first time. Tropical blanket. In a blanket of snow, he's jumping around. We probably won't see him for three days. And Akaius Duncan is on his sixth flight trying to get from uh, South Carolina to uh, Chicago. But the three of us will get there eventually, and we will have more heat content than anybody else. Trust me. Lots of good people going up there, but there's no other outlet sending three. Trust me. Nobody's sending more than one. So check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Also check out one of our great sponsors, the Celts. Sir Mayberg Law Firm. You can find him at onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E, calllegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day to handle your case. They're based right there in North Miami. We just moved to a bigger studio there, Alf. Um, I will uh, tell you a little bit more of that in the future. But it's a great place to go if you're having any kind of legal difficulties, so whether it's immigration, personal injury, slip and fall, traffic tickets is a specialty of theirs. They're getting into sports law, all kinds of stuff that you can get taken care of at the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. They're fair people, they're good people, and they're huge Miami sports fans. So it's onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E, calllegal.com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor. A Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here with you. Alfon Sydney joins me today. We thought about doing something after the loss to Utah, but honestly, we need a break too. Um, so just like the, the Heat are tired, Alex passed out, Alf passed out. Um, I was left waiting at the altar. But I've got Alf today. And here's what we're going to do. I want to answer this question, Alf, today. The Heat were not supposed to be this good this season, right? The number in Vegas was 43, 43 and a half. I went over by a little bit. I had them at 48. Others in our network had them between 47 and 50, basically. But we were optimistic compared to others around the country who thought that they were maybe a 40 to 43, 44 win team. And yet I feel like there's this dour mood going into the break because they just had their worst stretch of the season. They lost four out of five. Uh, they got manhandled in the third quarter of all five games on the road trip. They were, they were a minus in the third quarter on all five games. Which they is par for the have, course. Par for the course, the third quarter, but it, I thought they'd gotten over it a little bit. Clearly they hadn't. And now I want to answer this question. How do you feel about the Miami Heat 
entering the All-Star break, which is not the halfway point of the season. We've done a halfway episode already. We're almost two-thirds into this thing. How do you feel about the Miami Heat? That's the question we're going to try and answer today. I mean, I, my, uh, my prediction was 46-47 wins, so I actually feel really good. I feel like they're a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And I also feel good knowing that historically Eric Spolster's teams do better after the All-Star break. I really feel like they have – I think they have the sixth easiest strength to schedule uh, down the stretch. They have the least home games of any of the top teams in the East. So that means that this back half of the season, they're going to have more home games than anybody else in the East to make up for it. And we know how good they are at home. So I really do feel that there's a, there's a nice win streak coming up, maybe double digits, double digits, 10, 11, 12 games. Um, but overall, as a team, uh, they're flawed. And we know they're flawed. We know what their flaws are, and we've talked about them a number of times. But I do – one of the things on this road trip, as bad as, four, as one and four is, I think you saw something from what they did at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. I think those two guys – I don't expect the – I don't expect them to go, what were they, six for six from three mm-hmm. yesterday between the two of them? Jay Crowder has been ridiculous. I, mean, I don't even know what this is. Like, yeah. have, you, have you seen – I mean, Joe, Joe Johnson was on fire when the Heat picked him up. And he, but he, like, this is better he than might, Joe but Johnson. He, but, He's a borderline Hall of Famer, though, Joe Johnson. <laughs> exactly. like, I mean, we can have our arguments about Joe Johnson, but, I mean, he, he's scored a hell of a lot of points in the NBA. Jay Crowder is not a scorer. Like, this is and the, ridiculous. The efficiency, it's the efficiency more than anything. It's just the fact it's that – It's effortless. Like yeah. It's like he's been doing this his whole life. He's like doing I, step backs. He, I mean, step crazy. back threes, but – um, so I don't, and, I don't, he, and he fans out for like, well, they're losing anyway. See, there's this one guy I want, I want, I want to shout him out because we, we've got some, we're going to start doing this on the podcast, Al, <laughs> shouting out some of Heat Twitter. So, I, and this is no disrespect to anybody because everybody who brings a perspective, we appreciate it. Um, and, and sometimes perspectives end up being right. The people who said Booker over Winslow were right. Booker's an all star today, right? So, um, but there's one guy, and I know him because he used to live in my building. So I ran into him all the time. Nice guy. His name's Matt Ritter. You follow Matt Ritter on Twitter? I don't, you, I, you know, I think so. And we might have we might have uh, bumped heads. <laughs> yeah, I, probably because Matt is like one of those. There are some of those on Twitter. He's an FSU guy too. But there's one of these. There's some of these people on Twitter who are just they're just waiting. Like they're they're like wolves, right? Like as soon as the slightest thing goes wrong, everything sucks. And yeah. I think I, I believe. And if it wasn't him, I apologize for attributing it to him. But is the kind of thing he would tweet. So I, maybe that's why it's stuck in my head because he did tweet a couple things. And and one of them was. Well, yeah, and they have, and they keep losing with Crowder making all these threes, and I'm like, so do we not want him making the threes? <laughs> like, like, what? there's no, a correlation like, is not right. Like, like that's not I, like it's Crowder's fault. The 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 the, the efficient right. three point shooting is bringing down the team. Right, right. If they weren't shooting so well, he's making Kedrick Dunn feel bad, and that's the problem. <laughs> and that's and that's why Kedrick is struggling. I mean, I'm not. I know that sounds ridiculous, but this is the kind of thing. Anyway, continue. I apologize. Um. But, yeah, I think you can take some positives from the way those two guys have performed. We haven't seen Solomon Hill yet, but we kind of figured that. But what I did what, – what you did see was a consistency from the Heat bench that I feel like we haven't seen in a while because you had no idea who was going to be on that bench. Now, the starting lineup has been rough, and I think uh, there was quite a few people today and last night talking about how much they miss Myers Leonard, which it's funny. You don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> because that starting lineup is is actually really efficient, one of the best starting lineups in the mm-hmm. league. Without Myers, they look bad. So, but you be- know why that is, though. You know why that is. It's because of the things he does that are subtle. Um, th- there's 
he's an excellent screen setter. Like we talk about the communication on defense. Yes. He's a very good screen setter, which helps clear space for the other guys. Um, he draws some attention out to the three-point line, which Derek Jones Jr. is not going to do. I, th- there's, there's little things that he does that, again, I, yeah, you're right. It's what you, it's, I'm not saying that he's ever going to be an all-star, ever going to live up to being the 11th overall. What was he, 11th? 11th overall pick in the draft. But, but for this team, you can see why Spolster thought he served a function. And, it, and, and, it's, and, and now and it's maybe, they don't have that function. And maybe it's not that it's Myers Leonard, but having a serviceable big next to Bam yes. is it, especially to start the game where he doesn't have to start off on Rudy Gobert. Like we saw, he struggled a little bit. I mm-hmm. mean, he had that dunk, but he struggled a lot against Rudy uh, in the paint. No, Rudy outplayed him yesterday. I, he I, did. The, dunk, the dunk aside, Gobert outplayed Bam. The dunk was cool, but now if you had if you had Myers Leonard in there he could take up some of Rudy's attention he could bang with him down low on one end of the floor so at least you know you're giving him something to worry about and he would draw uh Rudy Gobert outside of the paint if mm-hmm. Rudy, if that was going to be the defensive assignment but all in all like i said how do i feel about them i feel like they're a top 4 team in the east right <laughs> i think yeah. there's a mix of them um i got into a huge fight in the Miami Heat meet chat with Gianni i need to get out of there um, uh, that mm. Toronto, Boston, <laughs> Miami, and Philly are in this group together, and I don't think there's that much separation between any of any of them. Well, and Johnny probably thinks Toronto's separated. And look, I, I can I can make an argument that they have, but they, um, they've I, also gone on a 15 game winning streak on a really soft schedule. So if they they, they, turn- they they have, but the Heat look, the Heat blew some games against some soft teams here exactly. in this sort of the, so the, I, the second. They're all the the, to me, they're all in the same group. Because Miami's beat every good team in the East except for Boston. Yes. They beat – I mean, they beat Philly three times. They and the losses Toronto to Boston twice. were second night of back-to-backs. I, yes. Look, I, I, I'm with you, but I, I, I would say the Heat's in that group. But I think right now, I think you can make an argument that Toronto has kind of – I believe what, what they've done lately. I don't care who they've beaten. You win 15 in a row. Uh, and, and, and it coincided with them getting healthy. They're extraordinarily well-coached. And they were great without Kawhi last year. That's what everybody forgets. And then they got progression from Siakam and Van Vliet. So, and, and Lowry's healthy. So, yeah, they, 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 there was a chance for them to be as good as last season. And I didn't think they would be, but they are. In some ways, they're a little better. I mean, you're never going to be better without Kawhi. But I do feel like it's more distributed than it was last year at times. I think they've kind of moved themselves to the head of that pack, not just in the standings, but also in the way that I view them. But I do think Miami is right there with Philadelphia and Boston as flawed teams. And the difference between the three of them is that there were high expectations for Philly and Boston, Philly in particular, and not for Miami. And that's kind of where, where, I, where I want to take over here a little bit. Because I think what's happened here is we got ahead of ourselves because the team was so good early. I mean, not to lose what they went like four, 35, 40 games into the season without losing two straight. Um, they, I mean, they, they hadn't lost. I mean, they lost one game at home forever, right? Until the Clippers in Boston came to town. So they kept beating, you know, and then you can see that they were pulling back a little bit where they were needing these miracle finishes. I mean, the Atlanta game, they shouldn't have won the Atlanta game at home. There's like six games they shouldn't have won at home, <laughs> right? I mean, there's like six games. I mean, the, the game against Memphis, they shouldn't have won that game, okay? They the, the one at home. I mean, they've had eight overtimes. Right. I mean, okay, so regression to me, they should be four and four. There should be four more losses there. I mean, that's, that's just the reality of it. So I think what happened is we all got ahead of ourselves and started thinking of the next move. You had Hero and Robinson and Nunn. And even to a degree at the time, Silva playing well above what what any expectation would legitimately be for them. 
Um, you kind of got through the justice thing. And so I think that we got to a point with them where we started to believe that they were in a place that I think they're going to get to, but they really weren't yet. And, and I think that's, that's more your point is we got ahead of ourselves from an expectation game standpoint, like they were one piece away. They're not one piece away. They're going to need further development for some of the guys on the roster. There's going to be bumps. We're seeing it now with none. If Heat fans don't think that Hero is going to have some additional bumps this year, they're wrong. Is Duncan Robinson going to keep making five threes a game? No. All right. As good a shooter as he is. So I think we're going to see some more bumps, but I think what you want to see now is bump, but then, you know, bump in a quarter up. Right. And then, and, and that's kind of the progression you're looking for. So I think we've gotten ahead of ourselves. I think the expectation game has gone ahead, but I think we're going to go to the all-star weekend. And one of the stories I'm going to write or, or sort of work on is Philly and Miami and how these two teams are basically in the same place, but everybody feels good about one, and everybody feels the world is ending with the other. And, and I, again, that's an expectation. Expectations are everything. And so mm-hmm. th- that's what I'm, what I'm saying is that they are – basically they are – I feel like their record is kind of coming back to where it should be, but I do feel like this team has another gear in the second half of the season. And I do th- – well, not the second half, but after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. And I do think that what I'm seeing from them defensively, especially with the second unit, and if you can get Myers back in there and get that, get that starting group back together, I see a team that can compete – that makes me feel better about them competing in the playoffs than what I was seeing before where it was just a lot of pieces thrown together and uh, 70% of the game they were in the zone defense. Now you see Jay yeah. Crowder and, and Andre Iguodala out there switching, and they're out there with Jimmy, and it looks like Miami Heat defense again for the mm-hmm. first time in a long while. So I think the more those two get integrated into, into the scheme of things, I'm not saying that these guys are going to start or pay, play 35 minutes, but I do think one or both of them are going to be part of your closing group and I do think that those guys are going to provide the kind of defense that we weren't seeing on a regular basis from James Johnson. We weren't seeing Deion Waiters or Justice Winslow pretty much at all. So mm-hmm. you were having these groups out there of Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic. Yeah, you can't play three Kendrick at one time. Nunn. You can't. You, you can't. You can't play three at one time. I, and, Alex has harped on that the whole year. Yeah, and they were just and they were getting blitzed. So right. now you can you can throw an Iguodala, you can throw a Jake Crowder in there. And you can maintain uh, some of these leads that that starting unit is getting you, and and you can kind of beat up on some other second units. So now, and I, I think we've talked about, I've talked about it a lot that I didn't, I wasn't very, um, I wasn't very confident in the way that the Miami Heat were playing, that it was mm-hmm. going to be a playoff game, it was going to be a, a playoff game that they were playing. Mm-hmm. Now with the with the guys that they brought in with 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 everything that I've been seeing over the last five games, which is hard to say because they've been a lot, there've been a lot of losing, but I right. do see a playoff intensity as far as defensively that can actually carry over and maybe get them out of the second round. But right now they look like a second round out. Well, if they're the four or five, they're likely a second round out and it's all going to come down to, I mean, the you know, the, the NBA championship for them this season, you know, may just be, can they beat Philadelphia? And, and I think Heat fans would be pretty satisfied with that if you beat Philadelphia and lose to Milwaukee in six, but you feel like there's growth. Um, all right, I've got to catch a flight soon, and there's something I want to do after the break, and we're going to try to do this a minute or less per player, right? A minute or less per player, Alf. So time yourself. Okay. You've got 30 seconds, and I'm going to have 30 seconds, all right? Before we do, I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I just packed. 
The problem with packing was there are three coats I want to take with me to Chicago, three sports coats. I didn't get a bag big enough, so I'm going to get one or two of them in there. But I love the coats uh, and all the clothes, the shirts, uh, the jeans, everything that I got from Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. It's frustrating to shop for dress clothes. You can't find the right fit, color, or style. If you don't know what to wear or how to wear it, you've got a wedding or a special event coming up. You're going to the NBA All-Star Game. That's why you've got to go see Blanca over at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier in South Miami. Her private showroom is located right across from Sunset Place on Red Road. It's right above Shula's 357. Cervani has been designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit just the way you like. Schedule a private consultation with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. So give her a call. It's 305. That's 305. 310-2085-305-310-2085. Nothing fits like custom tailored clothes. Stop buying off the rack. All right, speed round. So we're going to actually do it this time. Um, we don't have Alex here to, to, to lengthen it out. So you and me, minute or less on each player. What do you want to see from Jimmy Butler in the second half? Alf. From Jimmy Butler, I, wanted to con- I want to see him continue shooting the way he's been shooting. Um, and then from his, his mid-range jump shot has been a lot better over the last uh, two weeks. But I really want to see him start shooting from three, at least get up to 32, 33%. But that, beyond that, I mean, every other part of his game has just been, uh, has just been almost masterful. So really, it's a three-point shooting. He gets up to 32, 33%. I'd be happy with that. Um, I want him to stop shooting a three, period. Um, so I'm yeah. the other way. I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see it in his form. I, you know what I want from Jimmy Butler in the second half of the season? I want a couple of days off. I want them to figure out how to get him a little bit of rest. I, I know how proud he is. I get it. Uh, but he has looked so much better with rest this season. Figure it out. Find a game or two that you don't think you'll need him. I don't care if you're disrespecting the opponent. And look, I don't care if the fans came to watch him play. They'll watch somebody else play. Get him a couple of days rest. These other teams in the East are going to get their players rest. Okay. Get Butler some rest. All right, Bam Adebayo. Here's what I want to see from Bam second half of the season. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Shoot the damn ball between 10 and 12 feet. Just shoot it. Shoot it. I, I, I don't care if he misses it seven out of eight times. I don't care. All right. Every other part of his game, great piece by Zach Lowe about him today. Brilliant piece. Um, everybody should read it. Zach's the best in the business, and Bam's a great topic. Uh, and he is. He's the next cornerstone in my view. But he's got to shoot the ball from there. It keeps everybody honest. Everything else about his game, I love his motor. It's per, is, he is the perfect heat player. Bam. Jimmy believes in you. Shoot the ball. I want to see two threes a game. 
<laughs> I want everybody. I know, but Let's I really get 12 do. footers, Alf. Let's just get 12 footers. No, I'll take listen, 12 footers. They, they, they sit there and they, they don't cross the free throw line. And the guy, I know. And he, he I've, I've watched him in, more, in pregame warmups. I've seen the practice, uh, the practice tape. I've seen the open gym stuff. He can hit the three. If he can make one out of three or one out of two every couple games, he can start making people a little bit more honest and open up the middle. So and he's been wide open from there so much. Um, mm. So yeah, I want to see two threes a game from him. Kendrick Nunn, what do you want to see? I want to see Kendrick Nunn continue his growth. I'm not worried about this slide that he's on right now. Um, the guy has a, a bunch of confidence. I mean, he's still no matter how bad he's shooting, he's still putting up 14, 15, 16 shots a game. I'm not worried about that. I just want him to continue the other little things that he was doing, yeah. and I want him to learn from guys like Iggy. Um, and Jay Crowder, and on how to stay in front of your man mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and stop the dribble penetration. But beyond that, I'm not as worried. I just want to continue the growth that we saw. Don't let this bump stop him, and then come back out of the All-Star break uh, where he picking up where he left off. Uh, I just want to see him contribute when he's not scoring. That, that's all. And I, that's kind of what you're talking about. But mm -hmm. give us something else. Crash the boards, like you said, fight through the screens, do something else. If he's going to be one-dimensional as a scorer and teams figure out ways to take that away a little bit, he's going to become useless to them in the playoffs, and they need him. They need his creativity. Uh, they need his strength near the rim. They need his scoring. So that's what I want to see from him. Goran Dragic, uh, here's what I want to see from Goran in the next, next stretch of the season. Also some rest. Find a couple days for Goran, all right? We are, I hate to knock on something here, but we're due for another injury, and they need him. They need him. That was obvious when he was out, okay? And they don't have Winslow anymore, so we can't talk about, well, you didn't have Goran, but maybe Justice has come back. Justice didn't come back anywhere. It doesn't seem like Justice ever playing basketball again based on some of his comments in Memphis. So, look, <laughs> uh, they, they got to get Goran some rest. I know what Goran can do, all right? He's been terrific this year. He's, he's perfect for the role. Um, he's not going to become a better defender at this stage, so let's forget about it. He fights as hard as he can. It is what it is. Let's spot. You know what? Maybe a couple of the days that Jimmy's not playing, Goran plays, and a couple of the days Jimmy is playing, Goran doesn't play. But figure out a way against some of the weaker opponents to get him some rest. Well, I mean, I, mine's going to be the same thing. I was just going to say health. I want him healthy going into a playoff series. I think he's going to be huge. Um, as far as on the court, I mean, he just he he's he's getting older. To, to ask him to be that much of, of a better defender than he is right now, I think that's what Iggy and uh, Jay bring bring to that second unit. Um, he can continue now. He can focus more on scoring, and just like you, I just want him to be healthy. Just be healthy. I want hopefully the the, the addition of these two more rotation players brings everybody's minutes down. And yeah, I want to see him healthy going into a playoff series because I don't feel like we've really seen that drawage. Duncan Robinson, uh, I'll start on this one. Uh, what I want to see from Duncan uh, is watch his hands. <laughs> oh, because You stole mine. Okay, well, because they're going to call everything. It's obvious. They're going to call everything. So he's got to watch his hands. If he can't get his feet in position it, it, quick enough, he's got to keep the hands away. I'd rather him give up the shot than keep giving up the fouls. They need him on the floor offensively. Teams are taking advantage of him. I think a little less will that will be done when he'd have their full complement of players. Uh, and they have Leonard back there. They've got some other options that they can go to. But Duncan needs to stay on the floor. He's got to watch the hands. This is not going to change this year. He's not going to get more respect in the playoffs than he's got now, trust me, as they start calling the games tighter um, at times, okay? And he's going to be considered a playoff rookie, which he is. So he's got to watch the hands. His shooting is lethal. He's been a revelation. But 
Spoken sent as many tapes as he wants to the league office. They're not going to respect Duncan Robinson as a defender this year. Just not going to happen. I mean, I was going to say the same thing, stop fouling, but uh, then I'll, I'll switch it to um, just continue to get stronger and stay in front of guys. Same thing, with, same thing that I'm asking out of Kendrick Nunn, and I'll be asking out of a lot of, the, a lot of these guys that they just have to, they have to take on their assignments and just and at least be average. There are, I mean, there's too many times where Duncan Robinson is picked on by the other team. And then so now you have to take him off the floor and you lose his shooting and you have to bring in a guy like Derek Jones Jr. Where, the, I mean, the, the difference is almost night and day between these guys behind the three-point line and what, what, the, what effect they have on the offensive spacing. So, yes, yeah, stop fouling, but some, be able to stay in front of your man without fouling. So, to, so for Duncan, just pick up your defense. Tyler Hero, go. Tyler Hero. I want to see consistency from Tyler Hero. I want to see um, – I, I know he's not afraid to shoot the ball, but there's been a couple times after three or four misses that he starts to look a little hesitant. Um, he does not have that Kendrick Nunn factor where he's going to just keep shooting. But, but one thing he does, he does affect the game in other ways when he isn't scoring. I mean, the guy, for, for a kid his size, the way he rebounds is – is incredible. But what I, I want to see consistency. I want to see aggressiveness out of him. You miss two or three shots, keep shooting, keep, keep, mm. keep shooting. Cause he's a great shooter and just health and stay on the floor. But consistency is the most important thing. Uh, to me, the biggest thing with him is, is defense because uh, Spo wants to play him, uh, but he's only going to play him if he trusts him defensively. So I, you know, that's the, the thing. I don't worry about his confidence. I really don't. Um, I, and I don't worry about his creativity. Uh, I mean, he has more tricks in his bag he hasn't gone to yet. I don't think he'll be afraid of the playoffs. He's going to have bumps. Look, people forget Dwayne Wade's first rookie game against New Orleans. That's, oh, everybody remembers this series and him making the runner in the lane and him making the three from the corner in games five and seven. They forget game one. I think he shot three of 16. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably going to happen in game one with Tyler Hero. Okay, he, he, he plays much better at home, by the way. He's one of the guys they need to get – home court for him, okay, for none, for Robinson. It, not Robinson as much. The other two have been much, much better at home. Uh, but I want to see – he's got to defend – he's got to earn Spo's trust. That's what this – to me, that's the last 20, 25 games where Spolster puts him in the rotation says he's going to play 25 minutes. Jimmy loves playing with him. He's going to want him on the floor with him late in games. He gives him a little bit more size than none does, as you mentioned. I don't care about the alligator arms and all that sort of stupid crap <laughs> stuff. Okay, I, he, he's been good enough to put on the floor late in games offensively, but their numbers with him on the floor are not great. Okay. When you dig deeper into them. So he needs to play better defensively. All right, let's get to, let's get to these two guys together. All right. Uh, also, cause we're running out of time here. Iguodala and Crowder. Um, I, I want to see them. I'm not expecting the three point shooting. I, I don't care if Andre shoots at all. All right. Honestly, like he made one last night. He can, he's made those shots for golden state. He doesn't need to do a ton of that. Um, but I want to see the interchangeability of the two of them. I want to see them. Th- th- to me, what was fascinating was having the two of them on the court with Jimmy and DJJ last night, where you got four guys, you throw Bam out there, you got five guys who can switch everything. Now, not a lot of jumpers going to be made from that group, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is the whole offense-defense thing. But what I want to see is the two of them basically wrecking havoc together, being interchangeable and allowing the heat to switch because I'm with you. I'm done with the zone, man. Like, I mean, they can use it at times, but I don't know what I'm watching. They're not Syracuse. Okay. Like run heat, man to man. But if you want to switch stuff, switch stuff, 
the two of them give the ability to switch. Jay's shooting number is going to crash to earth. It's going to happen. Uh, but but I love the energy and I, his energy and Iguodala's intelligence make them potential players to play as the final fi- part of your final five, particularly Iggy. And I but I just I want to see them. I want to see what they look like together with Jimmy in particular defensively switching everything. Yeah, and that's I was going to say the same thing. I from the, what I want from the two of those guys is to eliminate the zone defense and not eliminate it because it's still it's still a cool little quirk to throw out there, but it's become less of a quirk and more of a crutch to hide bad defenders. I feel like you do not need to do that anymore as long as these guys can hit threes at a decent clip so that so that so the other teams have to respect the space and they can switch like you said switch everything on defense and then go back to that five guys on a string that we used to see with the Miami Heat all the time which is like the staple of what this franchise is about guys just defending at a really really high level um because it, it, you're the, the zone thing it, teams have figured it out i think we I mean, I mean i think we all see what's happening here teams have figured out park a guy in the middle of the zone a decent big who can pass a little bit can shoot a little bit, and they will just terrorize your zone. Ben Simmons is going to be that guy in the playoffs, so you've got you you have to get away from it. You have to make you have to play some good, honest defense, and I feel like they finally have the guys to do it in those two. All right, let's get to the bigs uh, together. Olinick and Myers Leonard. Uh, what do you want to see uh, from Myers? I need. I would like him to shoot four or five threes a game. Um, Reaching to the choir there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> that for months. Yeah, I know we, we've, yeah, you've said it over and over again. He can shoot at a 40% clip. That means two, two of five. That's all you're asking. But he, well, like has- you said, even if his feet aren't totally set, I understand there's a long windup, but even if they're not totally set, so he drops to 37, 38%. Just shoot it. Okay, just it, shoot it. It, it creates it, what it does for the offense is so important. And if, and, and for Kelly, Kelly needs to rebound at a a rate of of, of a seven footer. You, you, you may be expecting too much. <laughs> I but okay. At a, at a somebody I, at least somebody six foot eight. I mean his the rebounding out from when when Myers leaves the floor and if Bam's not out there, the rebounding is really really bad. And it's not you can't always just blame it on the zone defense. No. Kelly needs to be a better rebounder. He had a rebound ripped right out of his hands from a guy I'd never heard of last night. No, that happens a lot though, yeah, and that's the thing. It's not an anticipation issue with him. It's it's almost a strength issue. I I, I don't he doesn't pull them down and I I like him in short bursts offensively and I like the dribble handoff stuff when they get to it uh, but I, I don't know how playable he's going to be in the playoffs if he's getting bullied like he has to and he's had really good playoff moments of the course of his career so I mean look he, he nearly won a series by himself in, for Boston he's it's capable of it he can be physical ask Kevin Love uh, but <laughs> I, I just don't right I, but I it doesn't it hasn't translated he's had five or six like what I would call good games this year. Really like there's the guy we remember, but it hasn't happened consistently, and I'm with you. It's rebounding. All right, last one, uh, Derek Jones Jr. Um, a little bit of a question on him. I, I don't – it's funny. I feel like Spolster's relied on him heavily, but then I also feel like he's a guy who could get squeezed in the playoffs. Like I, I'm not really sure, particularly if they're not running zone. I, you know, I know he's been really good on, on ball, but the, some of the defensive metrics, it's crazy. If you look at some of them, he's like the best guy in the league at limiting shooters. But you look at others, they're worse defensively with him on the floor. 
So I can't really figure it out. The on-off uh, numbers are bad, and I'm, well, I'm... I, I don't get it. Right? Are they bad? But because he's defending his guy, the guy he's guarding is not shooting well. Like we, th- that's been consistent. He's doing his job, but it, so what some, else is happening? Sometimes you wonder, is it just because of the other guys that he could? Is it that he's being put out there with other guys who are poor defenders? And because Possibly. he's a good defender, you he's know, he's playing a lot. He's played a lot of minutes with Gorana and with Harrell. He is so to to make so up I, for their the, the and the, with Kelly and, yeah. and with Kelly, and, and he may not be a good enough defender at this point where he can make up for three guys on the floor with him, right? Like Jimmy is a good enough defender and situational and everything like that, and Jimmy plays the passing lanes. Maybe he can make up for it where Derek Jones Jr. can't. Um, what I want to see with Derek Jones Jr. I. I Whereas you talked about Jimmy getting his three-point percentage up, and I'm like, I'd rather he just not shoot it. Uh, with Derek, I do think that's important. I think he needs to be – maybe it's not going to be knocked down like he said to us on a podcast or 35 to 40. Can he get to 32, 33? Can he make one out of every three? Can he make 40% from the corner? Like Because if, if that happens, he's playable in a lot of other ways, like his offensive rebounding, his defensive length. But he has to – they're leaving him open, yeah. all right? And, and, and so it makes him difficult to play, and I think that's why he's already going to lose minutes to Iguodala, and that's why I think he's going to lose minutes to Crowder too. And, yeah, the, the, Iggy, the Iggy thing is big with him because that length is why they have him on the floor. And Iggy is not as long, but he's long, and he's much stronger than Derrick Jones Jr. is. And what I want to see is just like you, I want to see more three-point shooting, but I just all – Altogether, offensively, a little bit more aggressiveness, um, not just waiting beyond the three-point line because he can do a lot of stuff in the paint. We saw at the maybe the first 15, 20 games, the way he was finishing around the rim through contact, I mean, he was getting beat up, knocked down, thrown down, but he was, but he was finishing and, and won. Yes. yes. Um, we haven't seen a lot of that out of him lately. I think he's fallen in love with the three-point shot a little bit too much. I'd like to see him go in there a little bit more. Um, we've seen that he can finish. I don't know. Maybe he was taking a lot of hits. I don't he's know. He's wiry it, strong, though. Like, he, he's got yeah. – he, he's definitely – like, whereas we talk about with Kelly, where I feel like Kelly's getting pushed around, I don't feel like Derek's getting bullied anymore. But like, maybe, some I, he, of those, maybe some of those falls have gotten into his head. Possibly. But he he's at his best when he's when he's attacking and driving the lane and finishing through contact. So – I'd like to see more of that out of him. All right. I think this, uh, I think we covered everybody, right? Those are all the important ones. I don't think Silva will be in the rotation. Obviously UD just does what UD does. Uh, I, and did I miss I, I, someone? I had about six minutes on Gabe Vincent, if you want it. Uh, yeah, no, we could get to that at some other time. I appreciate that though. All right. Check out five reasonsports.com. Check out our great sponsors. Obviously, if you want to gamble anything over the weekend, I just looked at this. Um, Bam out has the worst odds for the skills competition. He's 1200. Uh, to 100 so basically you put down 10 bucks you can win 120 if you want to do that over at betdsi.com use the promo code 5101 the favorite as we speak here for the three-point shootout is duncan robinson the guy who was added last other than booker booker was added because lillard was out is out uh is the favorite uh i don't know about that that's a tough competition to win the first time uh but i think bam i i might throw a little money on bam to win that uh, skills thing. I, 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 that would not stun me, and that's pretty good odds to get on it. So, no hero in the rising stars, but he'll be up there. And again, follow me at Ethan J. Skull. I got five reasons sports. Follow at Nikias NBA. Follow at Tropical Blanket. He'll be shivering under a blanket somewhere. Uh, we'll have podcasts for you all around.
in the week. One of the great things about All-Star Weekend, I see all my NBA media friends, so we should have some really good guests lined up uh, here over the next two, three weeks, including the rookie before Dwayne Wade, the guy who was drafted number 10 overall before Dwayne Wade, getting him on the podcast in the next week, uh, maybe even here at All-Star Weekend. So um, a different butler. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details